33. Get away from me, you freak! I find their illogic and foolish emotions a constant irritant. Then transfer out, freak! I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass, and I'm all out of bubblegum. Cheap, lying, no good, rotten, fork-flushing, low-life, snake-licking, dirt-eating, inbred, overstuffed, ignorant, blood-sucking, dog-kissing, brainless, dickless, hopeless, heartless, fat-ass, bug-eyed, stiff-legged, spotty-legged, and now, together by live simulation via the internet, Scott Gardner and Chris Honeywell. Hello, this is Chris Honeywell from Two True Freaks, and uh, we have a very special episode this week. We've pulled this one uh, out of our butts, out of the vaults. It's an interview with both of us. Um, the first part is me uh, asking Scott 20 questions. The second part is Scott asking me 20 questions. Um, neither of us knew what the other was going to ask, and, well, all I can say is, here it is. All right, we're back. It's Grill the Freaks, and I have... Uh, just gone to QVC a couple weeks ago and and just got it in the mail today. My giant size Scott Gardner size George Foreman grill, <laughs> which is preheated to 550 degrees and has a little fat catching pan already. Hey, hey, hey! No and, fat uh, here. So I've compiled 20 questions here for you, and Scott does not know what uh. any of his questions are, and... Uh, we haven't discussed any uh, any of this ahead of time or haven't shown him anything. And he has two minutes to answer any question. After that, it gets cut off, just like some sort of freaking presidential debate or something. <laughs> okay, so let's get right to it. We'll put the spotlight on him. Dun, dun, dun. What actor should play you in the Two True Freaks movie? Oh, man. <laughs> oh man! Yeah. You know it's funny because you know not not long ago I would not have been able to answer. I mean, I'd throw out somebody like I don't know, like Mark Hamill or something. Even though he's looking like I don't know, he's only like twenty years older than me, but he looks like he's sixty Leather. years older than me now. But um, strangely, I was just thinking about this not long ago. It's like who who like in modern stuff do I think kind of sort of maybe even looks like me or who do I think I look like or whatever and uh you know I, I think the perfect guy I think he actually looks a lot like me is uh what's his name? He was the lead guy on uh on Dark Skies that show that I liked. Oh, um Eric Eric um Close. Eric Close. I think I think he would he would do a good uh do a good Scott Gardner in Two True Freaks, the movie. Uh-huh. Good, good. Probably not 
you know, not A-list, so he wouldn't be too No, expensive. he's definitely not A-list. He's on something right now that's on. It's one of those, like, it's not CSI, but it's one of those style shows. It's like, might be that Cold Case show. It's one of those, like, homicide, life right. in the city, or one of them fucking shows. He's on CSI. one of those things now where he's like a cop or something. I don't know. But he's, he is on TV currently. He's just not one of your... You know, people that you immediately call to to your brain when people right. say, "Oh, yeah, that Eric Close guy." But yeah, that that I th- I think he's of of everybody I th- can think of on TV anyway. I think he probably looks the most like me. Interesting. I was gonna. I was expecting like Kurt Russell or something. <laughs> nah, he's kind of he's kind of getting, getting up long there in the too. tooth too. But no, I'd, I I I would not as conceited as I can be. Sometimes I would never. I, I don't think I'm like movie star material. I, I you know TV fine, but no, nah, I can't. I can't think of a movie star that I think that I remotely resemble. So, <laughs> all right, number two. What is the very first comic book that you can remember reading? Ooh, that's a good question, and I know the answer. I just need to look up the issue number, but it was an Ooh. issue of. You don't detective- have to give the exact number, but. Oh, but I, I want to though. I want people okay. to be able to look it up and know which one. I, I know which one it is. It just would take me a minute to to find it here in in my little database, database. thing. It's yeah. an issue of Detective Comics, you know, starring Batman, of course. And it was uh, it was part of the uh, the thing where Batman it was called like Bat Murderer or something like that, where where Batman was accused of he was accused of killing somebody. Was it Talia? I can't he was accused of killing maybe it was Ross Agul because alright, here's what I can remember from the story. As I can remember in the in the issue itself, absolutely gorgeous art by um by Jim Apero. You know, one of my favorite Batman artists of all time. And in the story, Batman, he's still wearing his Batman costume and he dresses up as a policeman. So you've got literally a policeman with a policeman's hat <laughs> and a Batman with Batman's cowl. And with like any other artist, that would probably look completely ridiculous. But with, with Jim Apero, it was just awesome looking. And he goes to he he's a fugitive from the law at this point, and he goes he sneaks into the jail, dis, dis, disguised as a policeman, so that he can talk to Ras Agul. And while he's talking to Ras Agul, Ras um, somehow gets his weapon and shoots himself. So he frames Batman for the murder, you know, for his own murder during uh, this part. The story's real. The rest of it's really really vague with me, but that's. That's one of the earliest ones I can like really recall, and uh, and then later on, uh, you know, like a couple issues later is the one I I recall a little bit better um, because of the cover. The cover was Batman like spying in this warehouse, and the guys working in the warehouse drop a statue of him, and inside the statue was an actual like skeleton. And it was just a creepy image as a kid. Yep. And I can remember there was this Hawkman. I hate to uh, bring bring this up, but your time is up, man. Oh. (laughs) Anyway, this was uh, this was Detective Four Forty Six is the one. Wow. 
cool Hawkman back issue, uh, backstory, you know, uh, second story in it. Finally found it years later. All right, question number three. Besides the Beatles, who makes the best rock music? Oh, man. Because um, I knew you would probably say the Beatles if I said, who makes the best rock music? Yeah, because that's just not my genre, but... But I know you listen to a listen to or have or... Oh, yeah. I mean, there there were a lot of other groups I really, you know, really like, even though I'm not really so much into that kind of music anymore. I know the 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 quick answer that comes immediately to mind, although I'm not sure that they would be my favorite number two, but the one that came as soon as you asked me that the one that immediately popped into my head was uh, was Pink Floyd because I've always uh-huh. been a Pink Floyd fan, but uh, they're not exactly easy listening, and a lot of their later stuff just by the time you're done listening to it, you're like ready to slit your wrists. So I don't yep. know that that's exactly the the answer I'd throw out there. But yeah, I, I guess I'd probably say them only because that I probably followed them more than anybody else next to the Beatles, you know, as far as trying to get all their stuff and right. and be really versed Being on interested. them. I guess Led Zeppelin would be close too. But yeah, th- probably Pink Floyd. All right, number th- four. What is your dream job? The ultimate dream- job you could ever have. Oh my God! I wish I even knew, because um, that's always been my problem in life. Is I don't know what the hell I really want to do. Even well, shoot, at my age, shoot, I still don't know. The stars. We're not talking practical. Oh, okay. Talking, I, I could, I could literally do any, any job in the world that you would have that you would be like, oh yes, I could work this job for minimum wage for the rest of my life, and I'd be happy. Oh well, you just ruined. You just said minimum. I was going to say my my ultimate dream job is millionaire because what do they really do? They don't do <laughs> exactly. shit. Which is pretty much what I want to do. I just don't want to do shit and get paid for it. So I don't know, like uh, I don't know, like fucking uh, investor or something where you just like make mad money but you don't actually like do anything. Right. You sort of uh-huh. sit behind a computer and. I don't know, but I mean, if you're talking like like semi real world, as far something, as like you actually no. do do a job and you actually do earn a wage, I would say something like. Uh, ultimately, I, I would. I think ultimately, I'd really like to to write like Superman or you know. Yeah. To me, I mean, I, I, I'm all you know. I'm ultimately just a comic book guy. I'm a comic book fan at heart. Love comics. Superman's my favorite character. I think he's been mishandled for years, and I think anybody that works in comics and doesn't aspire, I mean really yearn and aspire to work on Superman is just, there's something wrong with them because he should be the pinnacle. The gold standard. Uh, exactly. that He should be what what everybody in comics aspires to is to add to the legacy of Superman and sadly so many people don't even respect the character you know they don't they don't even give him his his due so I think that would probably be I'd love to write Superman and hell that's something I I could do for the rest of my life and be perfectly happy doing it and probably do a better job than most other people doing it that's the kind of answer I was looking for number five what are three things that you would have in your personal bat cave (laughs) You mean like pieces of equipment yes. or pieces oh, of equipment you would have in your bat cave? Have in my back. Holy shit. 
Well, right off the bat, I would have to have an awesome Batmobile. Mm-hmm. I mean, just, you know, yeah, a sweet-ass – I don't even know what it would be off the top of my head, but just a sweet-ass ride. Just a really – and not a fucking stupid tank either like in right. <laughs> night. I mean, a, a car. Not the like Tumblr. awesome chick magnet style car with like rockets that shoot out the front and blow fucking shit up. That's what I want. Um, I want a computer, uh-huh. like a big, like like the old yet yeah, Univac style, like that right. takes up fucking city block. But really, if you know, you you actually got to toying around with it, all that's on it is like all my like downloaded comics and music and shit. I guess. Lastly, even though I really detest that TV show. I'd want one of those giant fucking nuclear reactors that was like sort of a oh, yeah. like Scotty's engine room. You know, it's like the, the engine of the old 60s. I mean, it looked ridiculous and it didn't do anything, but it just looked really cool. You know, I mean, if you got if you're going to have a bat cave, you got to have like some big. Oh, wait, no. You know what? I'm thinking I'm, I'm totally forgetting that Batman also had like the dinosaur and the and the uh, and the big penny. And all. I don't know if, what I want all that goofy shit. I don't know. You'd get your own um, trophies as your adventures. Yeah, yeah see. You know what? I think ultimately what I'd want in a Batcave, I'd want walls. Because Batman has nowhere to like hang up posters or anything. No, and I'm nothing. a poster kind of guy. I like to yeah, put my are. art on the wall. You know I mean? If you, if you ever saw my comic room, I mean, there's not like an inch of free space. I've got posters every freaking place. So, oh, my time's up, isn't yeah, it? your time is up. All right. Number six. Now, our you and I both went to the same high school, and our troubles and opinions of the teachers there is are legendary. But was there ever a single teacher in high school that you ever had respect for or actually liked? Oh yeah, um, I even remember his name. His name was Bob Jesuit. I think that I think that's oh, pretty- yeah Jesuits or Jeskowitz, something Jesuits. like that. He was an English teacher in, what, 10th, 11th grade, something like that. Hell of a nice guy. Really nice guy. And, I, and if I ever got the opportunity, you know, if I ever ran into him again or if I ever, like, attended, you know, one of our reunions or just just ever had a case, I would definitely let him know that, that you know, what I really thought. Because I never I, – I don't know that I ever really let him know that I appreciated him, you know, cause I, you know, I just was never big on appreciation. You know, I was never big on, I don't know, just, I wasn't a very grateful kid, you know, but I, I appreciated him. He was, he was a good guy. He treated me better than any other teacher ever treated me. And, uh, and you know, he was, he was encouraging when I needed it. And he was, uh, very gentle on uh, on constructive criticism when I needed that too. So yeah, I, I I respect. But there were other ones too. But he's the only one that whose name I can remember. I forgot about him, and because I just remembered not hearing, not remembering you getting along with. I was like, did it, I don't know if I can remember him getting along with any of the teachers. <laughs> we there was, that, there was that one woman English teacher who had a corner. It's like as you first started down the hallway where the where the where our lockers were when we were in high school. I can't Mosley? remember. She was right there, huh? Mrs. Mosley. No, no, no. She was a young, hot. I mean, she was a choice piece of ass, is why I remember her. But I mean, she was nice too. But I remember her because I had a thing for her. Uh huh. This was back remember. in the day when you couldn't fuck your teacher. You know. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, it's 
all right today, but you know back then it was still taboo. So all right, time's up. <laughs> but I can see that slippery slope. <laughs> okay, I want to know your guiltiest guilty pleasure movie, but it's can't be like a genre movie. You know, like a, a science fiction or horror movie. You know, something in the mainstream that that people wouldn't think that Scott Gardner, super geek, would would love is a movie, but it's a movie that you just love. You thought you were going to stump me with this question, didn't you? I did, you? actually. But you know what? I have a I have an answer, and I have a quick answer for could you. Could you Only tell how because... smug I was when I was yeah, asking I could, it? I could tell you smug. <laughs> I could tell. But you know how I know the answer to this? I know the answer to this because when it came up in conversation between me and my wife, she looked at me like I was from another planet. She just was you like that movie? <laughs> it's a movie. I mean, because she likes it too. It's a movie called Desert Bloom. And I think I only like this movie because they played it fucking constantly on HBO when we were growing up. This is that movie about the young girl in the 1950s living in Las, like on the outskirts of Las Vegas, and it's about the A bomb test is going to be is going to happen, and she goes into the spelling bee. It's like an, a coming of age story set against the the backdrop of like. You know the 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 pre bomb pre a bomb nineteen fifty. Uh-huh. Do you know the movie I'm talking about? I think I've seen it. It's got you're... um John uh, is it John Voight? Yeah, John Voight and uh, the mother from Poltergeist. What's her name? Joe Beth wow. Williams. Oh, Joe Beth Williams. I, and I the little girl's famous now too, but I can't think of what her name is. It's got that. Oh, who's that? That gorgeous redhead. She was with Randy Quaid in that New Orleans movie. The big, big heat or big easy or the big easy Arkin, thing. Ellen Arkin, mm, Ellen Arkin's yes. in that. See, I don't it's, remember it's a, a great, lot of it, but it was on all the time. I remember exactly. That. It's a great movie, but it's totally not my. I mean, it's just not my kind of movie. It's it's a drama. It's a tearjerker. It's a coming of age story. It, there's no no reason I should like it, but I love it. All right. In the same vein, question number eight. Best book ever. <laughs> oh my God. I'm going to sound like such a dork saying this, but best book ever. I'm going to say Splinter of the Mind's Eye only because I think it was the first book I ever read. It was the, uh, at least it was the first like novel, novel, novel. adults, you know, it wasn't, yeah. you know, granted it was a Star Wars book, but I think it was the first like real book that somebody didn't say you've got, you know, you're assigned to read this. You know, it was something where I fucking snapped it up saying, oh, got to read this book, you know? So only for pure nostalgia. I mean, does that count? Does that yeah, work? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Number nine. What is a skill that you don't have that you wish that you did have? Um, I want to cheat and say, like, I wish I could fly, but that's more like a, like, you know. Power. Uh, yeah, it's not something I could actually learn. A skill that I wish I had. Um, I, I guess the the one I've envied the most all my life, and I don't know that it's even real, but like, like command authority, you know, like like yes. Kirk, you know, where people just fucking respected him, you know. They might not have liked him. They might not have whatever, skill, but. For sure. 
he would he would talk and people would just fucking do it, you know. And and even like Picard didn't have people. I think people more feared he was going to yell at them than they yeah. really respect him, you know, or, or really you know wanted to 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 you know. Kirk was like he he just had charisma, you know what I mean? And I, I guess that would be the big thing. I just want to have that that Kirk level command authority slash pure fucking charisma. You know, I guess that would be the one. Is that a, is that a skill? That that is a skill. (laughs) Number 10, I'm ripping off, uh, the, um, actor's studio. The, have you ever seen that show with James Lipton? No. The guy who kisses all the actors asses. Oh my God. What is your favorite swear word? Oh God! I'm tempted to say fuck because I use it all the time, but I don't know that that really is my. Uh, that's that's my personal favorite. I don't it's know. It's pretty. Me. It's it's pretty versatile. I think actually, though, I think honestly, and I, this is probably going to piss a lot of people off that are, you know are, are way too <laughs> uptight about such thing. But actually, I think my favorite swear word has got to be God damn it! Because if you really yeah. use that with like gusto, it's oh, hilarious. Yeah. You know, oh, I mean, yeah. and you can. Because what I I like it best when it's used after you've hurt yourself, you know, like like <laughs> you've missed you've missed the second stair and tumbled down the next thirteen and landed on your ass and you just go, God damn it, you know. Or like <laughs> I like you know, that, but I like the frustration one where you've come out and like you're going out and your your kid is in the lawn and he's just like put the lawn dart in his head and he's looking at you with that dumb look and you just go. <laughs> Damn it! Get in the car. We're going to the hospital. I, you know, I mean that—that's one that just never ceases. I mean, you hear "fuck" so much that it kind of loses yeah. some potency sometimes. But like, I can remember watching my little one at like age like one and a half, just starting to express interest in video games. And the first time getting killed at like Pac-Man or something, and then just throwing the controller down and going, "God damn it!" You know, <laughs> it just—I don't know—it continues to tickle me somehow. And All I'm right. a horrible parent. I, I realize this. Don't send letters. <laughs> what number eleven? What is the ultimate collector's item that you don't have that you would want to get? Oh, this is easy. This is so easy. Action Comics number one. Wow. It's not even that great of a... Uh, oh, this probably sounds so sacrilegious. It's not even that great of a story, really. It's definitely... It's not like the ultimate super... It's just the first one, you know? But, I mean, just for pure... I mean, you'd have such fucking bragging rights owning that, you know? And, I mean, I already feel like I have True. a lot of bragging rights having owned, you know, a, a, a new fun number six, which a lot of people don't even know what the hell it is, but look it up. New, new fun comics number six, very important historical, whatever. I used to own one. Yeah. Actually I've always wanted, I, I, to this day, I dream of one day I'm going to stop at some, you know, some fucking, uh, yard sale out in the middle of goddamn nowhere and some 90-year-old woman will be selling her fucking old doilies or something and there'll be a box of magazines and there'll be my action number one that I'll buy for, you know, a dollar. You know, I I just, I have that dream. 
but uh yeah that that's that's definitely my holy grail of collectible you know collectors things that i i've i i hope i do own one one day i wouldn't pay you know you know on the revert, on the flip side exactly, I mean, on the flip side i would not pay to own it but i mean if i lucked it. If, it, yeah, if it was like a luck into it situation yeah that's the one i i'd want that's how i'd want to own it is what i i guess what i'm saying okay number 12 what is your favorite cartoon movie? Now, not a movie based on a cartoon, but an animated movie. Oh my God! I knew that would be a tough one. That is a tough one because it, you know there's there's so many. You know, right it's off the top of, of my of my head, I was tempted to say Batman: Mask of the Phantasm, but that's only because I, I think it's it's the most like a like a. I hate to say real movie, but you know what I mean. It's the most yeah. like a like non-animated movie that's that's animated. But but then you know I think I think of all the Disney's, you know, and and I knew this was gonna happen, just like this. Yeah. That man, that's a really really tough one. Because I'm I'm tempted to say I'm tempted to say Dumbo, because even before I became a Disney convert. That was one of my favorite movies anyway. Just because that movie, I don't know what it is about that movie. That movie slays me on an emotional level. I can't watch that movie without bawling my fucking eyes out. I don't know if it's because I identify so much with the character as far as persecution and all that or what the hell it is. But even, you know, I was never a Disney kid growing up. I never liked Disney at all growing up because we grew up in that period where Disney sucked, you know? All those yeah. '70s Disney movies, for the most part, they were really oh. But that one, I identified with. I don't know. I'd, that's a. That's really really tough. I, I, my, the the quick answer off the top of my head would probably be Dumbo, and then later on, I'm gonna kick myself for like 20 other movies that I'll think of. But that that one's definitely up there. Either way, your two minutes are up. <laughs> Number 13. Have you ever had a moment where you thought, "Oh shit, I'm gonna die"? Oh yeah. You know, I was we we I can't remember what the hell we were talking about in another episode, but I remember asking you a question similar to this, and it was supposed to bounce back to me, and something happened, and we <laughs> never got back to it. But yeah, I, yeah, absolutely. And I, I tell you, it was uh, it was when I still lived in New York. I was in the Air Force. I was headed back to ba- I had to be back at base by a certain time, so I was headed back to base in the middle of the night in a fucking whiteout blizzard. And I ran into a snowbank that I didn't see, and I was in a tiny little one of those little snubby, snub-nosed Mustangs like they used to make them in the 80s. Mm-hmm. You know, it was more like a Pinto than a Mustang. Yep. Ran it into a snowbank, and that was it. I couldn't go anywhere. I was afraid to stay in the car because I knew I couldn't be seen. I was afraid like a, one of those like big-winged snowplows would come by and fucking kill me. It's a very good likelihood. So I got out. I got out of the car. And I thought I could – this was at the top of that big hill in Lowellville, by the way, if you know where I'm talking about. Yep. So I exactly thought, well, I'll just walk about. back to town. And I didn't I didn't make it a couple hundred yards before I realized. And it was – I think it was the first time in my life I ever had the conscious thought, I'm going to die. And I really believed I, I was going to freeze to death out there because I didn't – I mean I wasn't dressed for the weather. I had like a thin fucking denim jacket like everybody yeah. wore in the, in the 80s. And the only thing that saved me was I saw a light, and I followed the light, and it led me to a farmhouse where this very, very, very pregnant 
woman alone actually let me into her house. And I, you know, I mean, I would, I would so be pissed at my wife if she had ever done something like that when she was right. pregnant with our boys. But if this woman had not taken pity on me, I'd have fucking died You'd that night. Icicle. Yep. And, and perfect two minutes ding. Perfect answer. Um, what are three video games? You're on a desert island, and you have your own solar generator that hooks up to a video game and a monitor. So, what what three video games could you maintain with on a desert island for the rest of your life? Got it. You got to give me the parameters. Are we talking like like any video? Any platform? You have the you have a universal video game. Okay, so not you're not talking just like coin operated. You know. Just three games that would occupy you enough for the rest of your life on a desert island. Okay, let's see. Um, ah, holy shit, that's that's gonna be tougher than I thought at first. Their first thought. Just totally off the top of my head, the two that come to immediately to mind, just as pure guilty pleasures, are. Uh, Max Payne 2, The Fall of Max Payne, just because the ragdoll physics in that game fucking kill me. I laugh my ass off. There's one, there, I mean, there's several parts of the game, but there's one in particular that, that kills me. If you shoot the guy, there's a guy standing on the edge of a scaffold, and if you shoot him just right, you can make him fall so many different ways that it's hilarious. So I like to, like, shoot him in the back of the kneecap so he, like, collapses and then falls. So, um, The Punisher, I know that... The, the movie that the game got a shitty review, but I'm telling you that game's awesome for just sheer over the top violence. You can kill people in so many different creative ways. I like to throw people to the piranhas. That was my favorite thing. Seeing a seeing a <laughs> seeing a pattern commonality here. Yeah. And then uh, last one would have to be a driving game because I have enough shooter games between those two. So the next one would have to be something where I could drive. And I'm thinking, although it's not. You know, they, they got so much more sophisticated and so much wider later on. I'm almost thinking that Grand Theft Auto 3 was still my favorite one as far as just sheer tooling around, you know. They they came out with San Andreas that was like, you know, your map for that thing was 100 times bigger than the one for Grand Theft Auto 3, right. yet it seemed like I never could could get the straightaways and really open it up the way I could with that, with that first one. Oh, well, it's really the third one, but you know what I mean. It's the first free first roam one. one. Yeah. So yeah, I, th I think I, I think I'd say that one. Okay, number fifteen. Which would you rather have, a lightsaber or a transporter? Lightsaber. I'd be scared to death to use the transporter. <laughs> I mean, literally. I mean, the idea of being disassembled. I always wondered about their soul. I know that's probably a strange thing to say, but I always wondered if we really do have a soul. What happens to your soul when you are literally taken apart and reassembled in a different place? So, yeah, I'd be scared to death to use the transporter. But, yeah, lightsaber, oh, man, I would just – I, 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 wouldn't, I, I wouldn't make it a week because the cops would be hunting me down for all the shit that I had destroyed with a lightsaber because I would just cut things just to fucking cut through things, sure. you know? Oh, yeah. You know, I, I would love to just be able to just casually walk down the street cutting down light poles, you know? Uh -huh. It'd be awesome. I mean, a, a device that could literally cut through anything. Can you imagine me with a toy like that? I can imagine it, and it's not a good idea. It's not. Number 16. 
Which would you rather have, the Enterprise or the Millennium Falcon? The Enterprise, but only if it was the um, the movie style, you know, uh, original Kirk. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just it, it, it's it's cooler, you know. It's your opinion, man. <laughs> Number seventeen. What is the best piece of parroting advice you could give somebody? Ah. <sighs> Good. I haven't had a stumper in a few questions. I would say realize you're going to fuck up. Realize that you, you know, you, you think you've prepared yourself all your life for this. You think that your parents were whatever and you're going to do it so much better and I'm going to let my kid get away with this and I'm not going to be like my parents were and I'm not going to say the retarded shit that they did. You know, you'll, you'll say the same dumbass things. You'll make a lot of the same set, but the biggest thing is just realize that y you know you, you're a human being and you're not going to be perfect, but l you know love them and and do the best job that you can and and realize that you know ultimately they're individuals and don't try to live vicariously through them. You know if if you appreciated your individuality and and you appreciated you know your nonconformity, then don't try to you know mold your kids mm -hmm. too much you know give them what they need and support them but don't <laughs> number 18 that's okay that's good that ding number 18 Walt Disney cryogenically frozen or not uh, I believe it I, I really I, that's going to shock a lot of people but yeah I, I, I think that I'm not saying I, I buy. I didn't know. I, I was like, "Wow, you know." I thought I'd know whether what your opinion on it was on that, but I don't know. I've. It's one of those things. It's like UFOs. I mean, I think that there's enough there to warrant an investigation. There's enough there to warrant people scratching their head and and admitting that they're not sure. I'm scratching my head and I'm admitting I'm not sure because I I think that there's enough weirdness to the story and enough of. Uh, is evasity a, a word? You know, evasion on the part of the people who know. Right. To make me think there's something to the story. I'm not saying I believe that he's he is frozen in the hole, waiting to be thawed out, and and he's in some chamber beneath the Pirates of the Caribbean ride. I'm just saying that the story doesn't fucking add up. So take it for for what you will. But I wouldn't be surprised if his head, you know, like uh, what's that guy, Tr uh, Williams? There, no, 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 the, that baseball player Ted that they, Williams? Ted Williams. Yeah, I would not be surprised if it was a Ted Williams scenario where they kept his brain or yeah, his head or keep the heads head. or something. It's a lot cheaper. Yeah. All right, number nineteen. I wrote this one late last night, so I now I'm thinking it might be too much of a slow pitch, but I'll. I'll toss it. What is your favorite place in the entire world? <laughs> favorite place in the entire world. Oh, my God. Well, I mean, I, I, granted, I haven't seen a whole hell of a lot of the world. I haven't even seen enough of my country. I mean, I'm – see, I'm, 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 I'm a diehard American. I am proud of my country. I love America. 
despite some of the directions we're headed, you know, especially come you know well, January. America's America's in the world, so you can. Pick right, a place but I'm just in saying. America, you know, I, I I've seen a little bit of my own country. I've been to Canada, and that's pretty much it. And honestly, I just don't really honestly give a fuck about the rest of the world. So, and what I've seen and what I care about, my favorite place in the entire world, the the place where I just stand in in awe and feel the most like this is where I belong and this is where I could just be. Um, it's going to be a corny answer, but it's the truth is, uh, is future world and Epcot. I mean, I just, I feel like that's what all of the world should be. At least all of America, this is where we should be by now. And sadly, you know, we haven't fulfilled the happening. Yeah. You haven't fulfilled the promise. Uh, I mean, this is what – when you stand there, it's easy to think this is what people in, say, the 30s thought that this – that we would look like today. You know, that the whole uh, Hall of America, every city in America would look like this. Right. And the fact that we don't makes me sad because there's no reason we can't. There's no reason why we can't live in a place that's beautiful clean, organized, and runs like a fucking well-oiled machine. There's no reason in this day and age why we can't. And the reason still free at the same time. Are, yeah, exactly. And the reasons why we don't are bullshit political reasons. Number 20. Mr. Owl, how many licks does it take to get to the Tootsie Roll Center of a Tootsie Pop? Let's find out. One, a two, a three. Three. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> I made it through all 20. Yeah, how about that? You survived. Well, I guess... I guess next it's me. And, you know, tonight I was actually digging around my fridge looking for some alcohol thinking I might need it. <laughs> but uh, we'll be back in, a, in just a minute and... This time I'm on the hot seat. Hello? <laughs> oh, I'm just kidding. Hi, folks. This is Chris Honeywell. I'm just here to remind you that we do have a phone number that you can call, and that's 1585-COP-LURE, C-O-P-L-U-R-E, 1585-COP-LURE. Or if you'd rather have the numbers, it's 1585-267-5873. That, once again, is 1585-267-5873. Please feel free to give us a call if you have a question or just want to make a comment. Sometimes if uh, we find uh, something that we like, we'll put it up on the show. We're just testing this out, but I see already after just one posting on our forum that our whole inbox is filled up with voicemails. So, uh, yeah, let's play a few and see what what we got here. All right, here's this one. Well, when I see you, Mr. Honeywell, I'm going to pick I browse out with an old rusty, dusty tweezer, bitch. Whoops, has nothing to do with the show. Sorry, okay, number two. Why don't you put down the fucking bong, and maybe a couple brain cells will start working, and then you can return your messages. See ya. 
<clears throat> yeah, okay, that's my boss. Alright, next. Listen, you dumbass banjo picker. I hope you pick your fucking ass better than you pick your banjo. I know you don't pick your friends any better. Why don't you get off your lazy ass, put down the pipe, and get some work done. See ya. Yeah, yeah, my boss again. Next. Listen here, you little fuck. If you become fucking, if you even look at my daughter again, I'll fucking remove your lungs with a toothpick. Fucker. Chris, it's your probation officer. Where are you? Oh, shit. Hi, this is Dr. George's office. We have the uh, prescription for your penis cream ready. <laughs> yeah, that one was, uh, that last one was just a joke. All right, well, anyway, give us a call at 1-585-267-5873, cop lure And remember, this is like calling a regular phone. Um, if you're a long distance from Rochester, New York, you will be charged long distance rates to call this phone. So leave a short message. All right, now back to our podcast, already in progress. Okay, we are back from break for the final part of this exciting, spellbinding, Grill of the Freaks episode. And this time, it is Chris's turn in the uh, <laughs> I want to stress again that we do not know each other's questions ahead of time. And uh, I'm delighted to uh, find out that my questions don't really seem to parallel yours at all. So this should be this should be quite interesting. And I would imagine that this is the portion of the show that that our listeners have really been most anxious to hear. As you 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 have emerged as the more controversial of the of the two. <laughs> so I think oh, this good. should should prove quite interesting. Let me. Uh, well, you know, I, I was poking around at break looking for alcohol and thinking if I was going to start drinking in an episode, it might be a good idea to start drinking in this one. <laughs> at least a segment. All right, but, let me uh, and bring I up... And I didn't want to tell you this before you wrote the questions, but I will answer all questions candidly and openly. I have nothing to hide. My life is You're an open book, unfortunately. Regret having said that. All right, first off... We'll go with the question that has been asked for years by scores of people all across this great nation and now, thanks to the wonders of the Internet, all across the face of the globe. Just what the hell is wrong with you anyway? I've been trying to pinpoint it for years, man. I've I've obviously given up years ago. Um, I can't trace it to anything that my parents did or... Um, anything typically traumatic that happened at school or with you know any dirty uncles or anything I, you know <laughs> it, it might be genetic it might be genetic there's a weird streak through um, but here's the thing don't usually those traits sort of get lesser and lesser as time goes by because if you take the weird streak and you put my weird streak next to my father's weird streak, his isn't quite as wide. And my grandfather's is a little less wide. The streak is a little thinner. But it's there. So I don't know. I don't know what what may... But I've been a freak ever since they've. I've been able to interact with other people. <laughs> Yeah, I you know what? As soon as you as soon as you started that question, I thought it was going to be like, 
what the fuck is your problem? Which it basically <laughs> is. That's the question that most people ask, ask me. You know, that's usually when, when you go in the boss's office and the door closes and there's, a, you know, that awkward moment of silence and then they say, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> I lived that moment. <laughs> so I guess, I guess that's not much of an answer, man. I don't know. I wish I knew. I wish I could yeah. pinpoint it, isolate it like the Hulk and drip it into soda cans in Central America and ship it out to Stanley. We wish we knew too. <laughs> okay, it's virtual job interview time. Okay. <laughs> you get the dreaded strongly agree to strongly disagree truth and honesty test. Do you, A, bullshit your way through it trying to second guess what you think they want to hear or do you be honestly answer it and you know to hell with the consequences i pick c all of the above because i've actually done that i actually um was applying to a job where our mutual friend mike cross worked and it was in a big box store and it was in the warehouse so they had strict you know security issues with people that they hired there because you could steal high ticket stuff so i i took my first honesty test now i knew it was coming because i had a friend there who had warned me so i had done a lot of studying as to the honesty test so i knew right from the start that it wasn't a test as mu of much of how honest you are it was how consistent you were do you do you answer all the questions consistently so i went in with the trying to make the effort in my head when I went in there to answer it like it was supposed to be answered, which would be truthfully for the most part, but consistently, you know, it's, and that's how you usually pass it. But then after about three or four minutes of the test, I started getting pissed off at just the whole idea of it. And <laughs> The fucking attitude of the guy who was asking me the questions, even though I intellectually knew, you know, what his job was and what he was doing, it was started pissing me off. So then I started fucking with the test because at that point I was like, I don't want to work for a place that's going to treat me like this, like a fucking convict. So I ended up <laughs> half and halfing it. And uh, when they didn't hire me after a while, my friend asked why they didn't hire me and they said, that I had given them one of the most fucked up truth tests that they'd ever <laughs> given. They said, I've never had, we've had one where we figured people were lying. We've had one where we figured people were faking it, but this guy just seemed like he was trying to fail it. <laughs> like he wanted to fail it. That's a so perfect that answer. That. Just over two minutes, but that's a perfect, that's a perfect answer. And if you'll indulge me one second, I just have to inform our listeners. There's a question on most of those tests that's something to the effect of, you know, if you found a dollar, ten dollars, maybe even a hundred dollars, some small denomination of money, and 
you know no, nobody knew about it and you know that it would never be traced to you and you could never be caught, never be fired, never be persecuted, would you take that money? If you answer no to that question, you'll never be hired. I'm just letting you know. I know how those fucking tests work. The best way to do it because is, you're a liar if you do yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. No. The best way to do that is to be perfectly honest about the questions because if you if you go straight lace across the board as if you are Mr. fucking squeaky clean, they won't hire you. They don't believe it. They don't believe there are people that are like that. Even though there are. I know if Yeah, there are. They're one in a million, but they're out there. All right, number 3. What do you think I don't know about you that I'd be shocked to learn? After all these years. Oh, my God. Really? <laughs> I don't know. I've been fairly candid with my life. You know about my felony. I've told a bunch of my crazy drug stories. Oh, here's one. This is a shocking one. I use this one to shock people every once in a while. I've even shocked my parents with this one. Re remember that house on Monroe Avenue? Uh-huh. I have actually smoked crack in that house, the <sighs> dining room. I was so hoping that you didn't have an answer to this. Ah, <laughs> no, I always have an answer. And oh, I told you I'd be man. candid. I did. I I'm not proud have, of it. And I would I'll tell you what. Have... I'll tell you what. What a learning experience. I was with um, four other people. One other person of it was somebody we didn't know too well and of course he was the person who showed up with like look what I've got and we didn't really know what it was but we were like okay we'll give it a try the other three people or the other two people and myself who were the, at my apartment one of whom was John Sparacino all of us came away from that night with the same piece of information <laughs> which was never smoke crack <laughs> ever 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 don't do it it's not worth it. So you're saying while I lived there with you? No, it was after it was after you'd moved out. Oh, okay. It was well, just I mean, before we moved out of that place. <laughs> I'm not saying, well, that makes it okay. Then I'm just saying that. I don't think right. I don't think it would have happened if you lived there because we would have known how the horrified you would have been to come home to that, and you know, and it's nothing anybody was proud of. Now here's another thing. We weren't thinking about it as crack. This guy was doing, had like, it. He, he was putting powder in a shot glass and putting it in the microwave, and it was some, we'd never really seen this process before, although we'd heard of crack, but it wasn't what I would think of crack to be, but now upon further years and asking people in the know. Your time's know up. That's what it was. I don't know what, honestly, I expected from that question. I think I'd have been happier getting, um, I don't know, I fucked your girlfriend or something. No, than... I never fucked any of your girlfriends. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I've even fucked anybody that you actually know. Oh, man. Okay. Number... <laughs> <laughs> be careful of what you ask for. Yeah, I know. Wow, I thought this was going to be harder for me. Okay, if you could time travel just one time, where would you go, what would you do, and why? And I can't come back? I would have um, to go I meant to throw like a time just... thing in this, and I forgot to do it. It's basically, if you, I'd say a week. You could go for a week. Okay. Oh, boy. Where would I go? I would... 
It, now, if I could pull it off where I could look like I did, I would go back to high school. Because that is probably where I could cause the most mischief knowing what I know now. <laughs> and by mischief, I mean girls that I knew in high school. <laughs> <laughs> and, and maybe, oh no, even better. I'd go back to around the time when I was born and maybe try to find a few ladies to impregnate so that I like would have children at the exact same age that I am <laughs> that I could use as my minions as an adult. No, I would go back to high school and cause trouble. I would make Bob Melia's life a living hell and exact revenge when they wouldn't even know that revenge was being exacted. I think I like that answer. It's it's a little selfish and not at all altruistic, but no, I think I like that. that. Man. Let the universe <laughs> play out like it is. <laughs> oh my! I'm answer not messing was... with that big stuff, man. I know better than that. I've seen all those movies. Okay, number five. If you could meet just uh, oh wait, man, I'm fucking this up. If you could meet one person. Living or dead, real, imag- real or imaginary, who would it be and why? Oh, wow. That's a hard one. Because I'm not a big celebrity like I would like. Mm. See, again, I thought I had you nailed on this. Well, you know, right, right off the top of the bat, like John Lennon mm-hmm. and Kurt Vonnegut come right to my mind but I don't you know I'd like to I'd like to sort of meet somebody like both of them I what, what would I say to them hey I'm a big fan it would be like meeting someone backstage at a concert I'm a big fan of your work or whatever but oh it's hard to say I'd almost rather meet somebody from history that like nobody knows as much about so maybe I could learn something about them rather than just saying hey I met John Lennon but Man, I'd love to meet John Lennon, you know? <laughs> I don't really idolize him maybe as much as I did like when I was younger, but still I strongly identify with him. So John Lennon? I would have to I would have to say I would have to say John Lennon. Okay. That's that's pretty much what I expected you to say. It was tough though, man. It was tough, and, you know, by tomorrow I could have a different answer. All right, number six is something of a follow-up question, but I think you'll like it. If you could slap the shit out of one person, (sighs) dead, real, or imaginary, who would it be and why? Slap the shit out of someone in history. There's so many who need the shit (laughs) slapped out of them. There's just swimming pools full of shit that need to be slapped out. I'd have to think it would be somebody personally I already know. And one person I think of, and it goes back to my last a couple questions ago, is is Melia. Mm-hmm. Was somebody who really, he really got under my skin, and he was one of the first people that I met of those types of people that really get under my skin, that really, like, make life hard for anybody who doesn't conform and not like a bully, but like somebody on an institutional level. And I would really like to like, 
either physically slap the shit out of him or metaphorically slap the shit out of him to the point of where he could understand, you know, what he was communicating to the students of our high school mm -hmm. by his actions. So Bob Melia, if you're out there listening, Bob, you fucking... Oh. <laughs> and I know that he probably hasn't seen the errors of his way either. I bet he's just even more... He's, he's a, a self-righteous old prick. fucking prick right now. Alright, number seven. If you, if you can recall, what did you think of me when we first met? I can remember the, the first time I remember, like, it wasn't even hanging out, but it was before class... And I was in Mr. Burkhart's class, and it was you, me, and Dwayne Camage. And I think we talked a little bit about this in episode one, but we were in, we were, you had a shoebox full of Star Wars figures, and you had the, the one with the marble head on it. And uh, I just remembered that I had not met anybody else who was so keyed into as keyed into Star Wars as I was because I was fucking crazed you know my parents didn't you know they they were encouraging to me as parents are but they were just like Jesus Christ what's up with the Star Wars stuff <laughs> and so I always I always you may even think of it as the opposite as me but I've always always a quiet little kid and uh, so I you were always a lot more not outgoing, but you were more outrageous. You were speak your mind more in class, or or you know, make you would you were louder or more. You know, you did not try to sink into the background really as much. And uh, you know that used to freak me out because that's the last thing I, I always wanted to be in the background. But after a while, when we started hanging out, you know. You, I mean, you and I, when we got together, were definitely not quiet. <laughs> yeah, that's that. That's what I remember. It's it's in it's in Mr. Burke Burkhart's class. Time. All right. Uh, let's see where are we at number. Are we at number eight. Yeah, here we are. <clears throat> oh, I love this question. <laughs> what is your idealized version of the perfect pair of tits? The idealized. Ooh, okay. Okay, that's a good question. Because that's an issue that sort of comes up every once in a while. Well, I'm a tit man from way back, so I'm I curious. Know. I know you are. But I'm... I like them. If I focus... If I'm, like, going to be in oogle, ogle mode, I'm going to focus more on butts. I like nice butts. And I can't deny... I'm trying to think of a specific See, I'm not I'm not big on big old boobs. I have nothing against them unless they're redonkulous like either crazy mutant of nature or silicon nightmare style. But I like mm, Let's say 1980 to 84 version of Jamie Lee Curtis, who actually didn't had 
fairly small boobs. But that nat- all natural seventies athletic <laughs> and 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 I'm not like I'm not like most guys. I can't visualize bra size. I can't go, okay, you know, this bra size. But like Jamie Lee Curtis in that time period, you know, um uh, what was the movie where she was a uh, a uh, hooker with uh Dan Eckard? Was that Trading Places? So yeah. Yeah. That's I like that answer. That answer works. That's that's a nice pair I'm of boobs. J- Jamie Lee Curtis. They don't they don't have to be huge or anything. The 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 small perky ones are they function. Mm-hmm. All right. Number nine, and I cannot believe I don't know this. I, I maybe maybe the answer will be obvious, but I I was surprised to to have to think about this and think you know I don't even know this about my best friend. Who? Real or fictitious was the person you most wanted to grow up to be, or be like, rather. Be like. It would probably have to be once again. It would have to be John Lennon. Was when, at the most emulated phase of you know when like in high school when you're when you really idolize people and are thinking of what you want to be. That was really the Beatles were a big, big thing. I you know I remember when John Lennon died and that was in 1980, so I was 12 years old. So, um, but would you? I mean, now I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I mean, as an adult, would you still stick to that? I mean, seeing as how he was not particularly happy and definitely not exactly a virtuous person. No, but there was a general message to his life. That's more of, you know, I mean, I definitely wouldn't want to marry Yoko Ono and become a, a heroin addict and, uh, you know, well, those, I guess, are the two lowest parts in his life or, you know, the, you know, he had, he had a lot of misery in his life. He lost his mother, you know, when he was young and never really knew his father. So he was messed up and, I really wouldn't want to emulate that stuff, you know, I'm not gonna, but, um, his basically, basic philosophy on life, and I liked when he got famous, that he was still sort of, he was always open about whatever he was thinking and doing, rather than trying to please the public, or, you know, say something just bland, he would say whatever was on his mind, at a particular time. You you never had any question where John Lennon was at at a certain point, and I imagine when he was like on heroin, it was pretty obvious too. You know, it, so warts and all, he he just sort of um, let people. You know, as as a huge public figure and a member of the Beatles, he still tried to let people see him as a human being rather than as his idealized picture of himself. I I had a feeling you would say that and then I guess I overthought it too much cuz I kept thinking no, he wouldn't he wouldn't there say that. But yeah, Ken Kesey's up there. He would battle with John Lennon for I really idolized Ken Kesey. I didn't even think of it till just a second. Now, who is that? Ken Kesey. He wrote One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Oh, okay. Okay. Um number 10. What would you consider to be the worst thing you ever did? And are you proud of it, indifferent <laughs> about it, 
or would you take it back if you could? The worst thing I ever did. And would I take it back? Oh, my God. What is the worst <laughs> thing I've ever done? Are these tough? I mean, and you know what? Like, smoking crack in that apartment building isn't even going to make the list because that's not something like, oh, I see as a low point. I see it as just like a stupid experiment. It was so stunted. But the worst thing I ever did, when I was in, I can't remember if I was in middle school or high school, but I oh, probably swiped eight, ten dollars in quarters from my grandfather's change drawer. Well, it wasn't even a change drawer. It was like a can with change on it. And I was staying at my grandfather's while my parents were on vacation somewhere. And when we went shopping, I was playing like Galaga at the, in the PNC, you know, there was sort of the PNC and the Rite Aid mm -hmm. and that space in between I was playing. And he noticed, he's like, where did he get all, how's he playing all those video games? And he confronted me with it and I totally lied about it. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that's. That, like haunts me to this day. Yeah, I can see. I can. I, I and he's, you know, he's dead. So yeah. <laughs> that's that too. You know. Uh, so you. So you're saying you would take it back if you if oh, you I could. I would definitely though. take it back. Oh yeah. Yeah. Eight, eight million times. Never told anybody that till just now. That was. That's the whole point of these, boy. That. That's. That's. That's quite brutally honest. Though. That's. Candid. That's something of a tearjerker <laughs> right there. I'm I liked thief, your grandfather I'm a thief too. And a crack I, smoker. <laughs> Uh, this is your grandpa Burger. Yeah, yeah. I liked him. He was a nice guy. He really he was. was. <laughs> All right, yeah, number, he was. Number he was eleven. Somebody who could say "God damn it." He had a great <laughs> "God damn it." He so had was he had a great Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. <laughs> awesome. All right, number number eleven. What are you most proud of? Oh God. Oh, wow. That's hard because I'm proud of so much. <laughs> oh, my God. I would have to say, and this is another thing that I would, that I've never, fuck, I've never even wanted to admit it in public because it, it outs me from a anonymous internet position, but I was one of the, when, um, before there was MySpace, there was Friendster. And to make a really long story fit within two minutes, I was one of the people, the main people, and probably the person who started this whole, it was literally called the Clone Wars, where the, where the guy who created Friendster was trying to kick off everybody who had a profile that wasn't of a quote-unquote real person. And we had secret meetings uh you know and secret passworded news groups where we would meet and plan and we staged this rebellion that eventually started getting press and papers and and in uh wired magazine and was sort of like the talk of the technical edge of the cutting edge internet people uh, who all predicted that we would lose even the people that I was plotting with. I was the sole person who said, we will win. And we won. 
and uh and and that and because of that i was one of like the first 3000 people invited onto myspace all you myspacers tom himself sent me a personal email to get on myspace and uh now myspace is almost becoming beat out by facebook but uh <laughs> the where that all started i think that myself and probably about 10 other people had a really big impact You're on time. how those things are today. <laughs> so proud of it. So proud of it. And Your time so is up, Senator. Things. You're out of order. This whole You're podcast out of order. Out of order. <laughs> All right. Let me see. Where are we at here? Um, number 12. Be it a book to read, movie or TV show to watch, something to do or visit or experience – What's that one nagging thing you've been putting off all your life that you swear you will get to eventually? Oh, my God. Well, there's two things that I can think of. One of them is actually... Um, oh, man. There's... There's a whole bunch of like weird conspiracy theory places that I'd love to go to, but they're not like life goal. I mean, this is corny, but Disney World is definitely one of them. I've never been there. Nothing corny about that. And uh, you know, that's one thing that I would like to see. And I've had recurring dreams from since I can remember where I have been in Europe. Or just leaving Europe, or just getting into Europe. No, you know what? I changed that all. Japan. I'm obsessed with going to like Tokyo or Japan. And I'm trying to think of a way where I can get there on no budget and maybe have it pay for itself. But I have to. Japan is like, to me, seems like this foreign weird foreign culture that worships our culture yet it's it's probably the most foreign developed nation you can go to that would be the closest to going to an alien world and they like Americans there and they all speak English so I wouldn't have to learn the native language in order to get around so and ever since I saw that movie Lost in Translation with Bill Murray it, it just painted this picture of Japan that made me fascinated with it. Second place, Disney World. Third place, eh, Europe. Cool. Alright, number 13, and I, this one might be a little bit redundant with an earlier question, but I'll, I'll throw it out there anyway. What's the best, worst thing you ever got away with? Ever got away with? Ooh. Ooh, what did I get away with? You see, you I was got one away of those... with a lot of shit. Hmm. <laughs> you know what I'd have to say? The f- the. Mm, oh man. Oh, got away with. Oh, I know. I'm gonna think of things like three hours from now that are that are really obvious, but I I. I want to say that the first issue of the Harry Palm in high school, the the 
underground newspaper. I got busted after the second issue. The second issue, the first issue got really big, but I got away with it. <clears throat> then I tempted fate with the second issue and got booted out of school. But that first issue really, like, many years later I was in college and there's one of my roommates got me and we were having a party at our house and there were all sorts of people there none of you know I only knew a few people there you know a few of my friends were there and then there were all these people that would just wander in from the housing complex and there was somebody in my bedroom like demanding to see the person who was in the bedroom whose bedroom that was so my roommate came and got me and this guy was at college somewhere and he was roommates with do you remember TJ Humes this guy, T.J. Humes, who was a couple years behind us in high school, who had an issue of the Harry Palm and showed it to this guy. And he saw the framed original artwork up on my wall and was like, did you do the Harry Palm? And I'm like, yeah, did you go to high school in Carthage? He's like, I don't know where he read it in college, but it was somewhere in the Midwest. He'd read an issue of it because somebody from high school had taken it and taken it to college and made people read it so right. i was pretty proud of that all right that's just about perfect time and on I that one away with it too <laughs> all right number 14 if you could totally get away with it what would it be if i could totally get away with it oh wow <laughs> Well, as a per personal ethics preclude me from killing anybody, <laughs> so so I wouldn't kill any like key like Terminator style key figures that might figures of evil. If I could get away with it, mm. wow! If I could get away with it, I would love. To hijack and own my own nuclear submarine. <laughs> be Why? Awesome. Why? Because if you had an a, you have a nuclear submarine. It's self-contained. You just have to stop at ports somewhere to get food every once in a while. But it's got a nuclear reactor in it. After a while, you're going to have to secure nuclear materials to run it. But it runs a long time. And by that time, I would have acquired a fortune through piracy using my submarine. And God, wouldn't it be neat to have a submarine? To just, like, you know, you could travel stealth. I mean, that's the largest part of the Earth is underwater, so that would be the best, best possible hideout. So, yeah, stealing a nuclear submarine from the Navy and commandeering it becoming a modern Captain Nemo would be right. awesome <laughs> if I could only get away with it. Alright, number 15. Assuming that you think we are, why do you think we are such good friends? Because look where we grew up and look in the conditions we grew up in. And we were probably, you know... I had I had a lot of other friends and they would get certain parts of my of me 
but you pretty much got it, you know. N neither of us were would really like have to give each other the hairy eyeball, even though we did some sketchy stuff in high school that either one of us could have given the other one the hairy eyeball for. I think we really we understood in each other in high school because we were both sort of always segmented into that segment where people eventually just write you off, you know, as being goofy or silly or just, you know, a space case. That was my nick. That's what my the neighbor's older brother used to call me was space case. And uh, yeah, I think in in the especially small town conformist atmosphere of where we were, you know. I mean, we had to basically we needed each other as allies, you know. I don't know. I, I, we we've always got we've always gotten along like right from the beginning. All right, number 16, or oh, you're going to love this question. <clears throat> Say just for the sake of argument that such sure. a creature actually exists in your unforeseen future, who is Mrs. Chris Honeywell? Oh my god. Well, she's quite unusual whoever she is. She's going to have to be very independent um she's oh you'd love her she's drop dead gorgeous um she's rich rich um yeah she would have to be she would have to be really smart really independent somebody that you could get somebody and I know people like this who have separate houses <laughs> and I almost got you know there was one girl I would have married at that particular point in my life and it would have been a, probably a huge mistake you can never tell the future but is that Janine? no never dated a girl named Janine <laughs> No, this was uh, Susie. Oh, okay. And there, that that was ooh, uh, the mid '90s, somewhere in the mid '90s. But I am not the Marion type of guy, so I don't foresee. Ah, but that marriage. wasn't the question. Right. The question right. is: if, We look ahead ten happen, years, and you are never, married. So who is well, she? I never say never. I never say never. She would she would probably be artistic, but she doesn't have to be. She doesn't have to be like me. She doesn't have to share my interests, because God knows that would just be precluding almost everybody. So she just has to be tolerant of of my interests and tastes and all that. And I would, you know, whatever. If she listened to Spice Girls and Boys to Men all day, that's fine. You know, I could accept that sort of stuff. A lot of, you huh. know... All right, time's up. Boy, she would be hot, though. <laughs> <laughs> All right, 17. I wish I was good at uh, impressions because 17 would read a lot better if I could do impressions, but uh, here it goes anyway. <clears throat> 
Do you believe in UFOs, astral projections, mental telepathy, ESP, clairvoyance, spirit photography, telekinetic movement, full trance mediums, the Loch Ness monster, and the theory of Atlantis? For the for the most part, yes. Spirit photography has a all of those things are riddled with flim flam and foo for all. But I think at the base there's actually unifying things to all that. And whatever unifies all that, you know, the the, the unknown there are definitely unknown powers of the mind, there are definitely things going on in our universe that we have no idea what they were and I really hate how people segment stuff like that into supernatural you know there's there's things that you don't understand that are they're not necessarily supernatural they're just things that you don't understand and there and I've had enough experience I've seen UFOs so I'm a definite UFO believer Loch Ness monster I'm fifty 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 you know on on that i um I'm always skeptical about almost anything, but seeing's believing with UFOs I believe in UFOs as to what they are. I won't claim to know I have theories of what they could be and what I would tend to believe that they are, but their existence is really not in question with me um the Loch Ness monster more so because I haven't seen the Loch Ness monster. You know, I am also a believer in scientific evidence, and I believe like a lot of psychic phenomena, and and things to do with other dimensions and time frames and stuff like that will eventually become part of science as we as we figure them out. But while we haven't figured them out, they appear to be magic or supernatural, and I hate it when people take stuff like that and they sort of connect superstition to it and make it into sort of a new Time. age religion thing. All right. I love this. This I think this stretch. was my personal favorite question right here. Number 18. In all the years we've been friends, I don't recall us ever having a serious fight uh, or even a serious disagreement about anything ever. Uh, maybe my memory is just bad. I don't know. But, but I would think surely I have irritated the fuck out of you at some point. So what is the maddest, most irritated you've ever been at me, and why? Uh, wow. That's a tough one. <laughs> That's a really tough one. Or it's just because I, I know I can be an irritating son of a bitch sometimes, no, so you can't tell I me I've never pissed you off. I know the old foot in the face used to get on my nerves. That used to get on everybody's nerves. <laughs> that used to really piss off Michelle, being a girl, getting that fucking... You had some skanky, sweaty feet in a soaking sock. That, and, and folks, it wasn't just like a foot stuck in your face what he would do is position it and then like make a noise so or or say hey look over here you know whatever get your attention so when your head went around your nose would smush right into the fucking <laughs> into the feet and it was like the people who go you got something on your shirt and they'd knock you in the nose you know after a while it, you know the first couple times I think I probably laughed my ass off and after a while it was just like oh come on <laughs> Not again. Because <laughs> it used to happen often. 
and nowadays, I mean, I'm you know, that's just such a small thing compared to what the kids have with their jackass stuff now, you know, where the, I hate it when you like, when I wake up and you'd be pissing on my face, you know? <laughs> that's what they do now. That's what them kids do nowadays. So you so got I off light. I count my blessings. But that's honestly the only thing I could ever think of that I'd ever, that, that I can ever remember getting like, you know, frustrated with was, was getting another, another foot in the face. Well, all right. Well, I can, I can live with that because I, I was, after I, after I wrote that down, I was like, you know, this question could go back or it could be something like, I've never told you this, but I've always hated your fucking voice or something, you know? <laughs> There's <laughs> just something about your face that I want to hit, and I know that I—I I, I know, know it's, that it's just something wrong. So I've been, you know, I, I just bury it deep down, but I just always want to punch you in the face. You remember Kevin Melvin? He told me yeah. he revealed to me once that he constantly was fighting down the urge to just reach over, grab people's heads, and twist them off their body. <laughs> And I said, really, are you Actually, resisting that? Actually, that doesn't surprise me all that much and about I said, him. are you resisting that urge right now? And he goes, yes, I am. <laughs> dead serious in that Kevin Melvin, <laughs> dead serious, he is dead serious voice. That dude could be scary when he wanted to. Yeah, he still can. I'm sure. Okay. <laughs> Number 19. This is such a sappy question. What's been that one special best memory of all our years of friendship so far? The best memory? Oh, my God. Oh. Well, one of, the, one of my favorites ever was um, going to the Black River Drive-In. I don't think it was with both of your... I think it was just your dad took us to the drive-in to see Star Trek Three. Mm. It was just one of those ideal... You know, popcorn at the drive-in, movie things. Your dad was there. He was probably cracking us up the whole time, because things were usually a little more lively with your when, like, if your dad was around and not your mom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's still that way. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's one that I always remember as as a as a really. And, you know, seeing any star and, oh, geez, but then there was, and I know it's a painful memory for you, but then there was the whole memory of, which we've also discussed, of going to see Splash with you and Michelle. <laughs> it's like my first movie with my arm around a girl and then, like, you're you know, bladder almost busting before, it just, you know, it's just one of those experiences that I always remember there's a there's just so many of them there's changing one of the great triumphs of all time was and this is something we got away with was um changing the letters around on that big sign in front of the the where the cinemas were and stuff and just changing the names of the movies and and we got away with that several times that's something I always remember <laughs> There's so many of them. I did not even getting into the old mill on the island and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. All right. All right, man. Home stretch, the very last one. And la this is last because eventually they're going to ask you this. <laughs> Why did you do it, Chris? Why? Why? Well, 
to begin with, I've always known I was going to do it. I just never told anybody. And why? Because, you know, when they write about this in history, it's going to be way much more interesting after that. <laughs> you know, if I didn't, if I didn't do, hey, I'll take the bullet. I'll take one for the team if it means having a good story. So I did it to save the universe and to at least save the planet Earth. And I'd do it again. <laughs> My hero. <laughs> All right. That's it, kids. The freaks are guys grilled. Enjoyed it. <laughs> we have been grilled. We'll we'll have to do this again in the future. This now that this revealed shocking and, and nightmare <laughs> terrifying details. information. So uh submit those questions and uh and we'll do this again <laughs> one day when we're hard up for I gotta, subject. I gotta see the shrink at least five or six times before I do this again, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to need some medication. I'm going to be drunk the next time we do this. <laughs> I was out of alcohol tonight, so I don't know. I, I, that's probably why I wasn't as lively as I, I normally am. I, I'm usually half in the bag by the time we get to this part of the show. All right. So that's it for this episode. Join us again next week when we'll be talking about something. Yep. Bye. See you later. Visit our website at twotruefreaks.libsyn.com where you can download all of our episodes and find our forum to openly and freely discuss topics from this and all other episodes with us and your fellow listeners. twotruefreaks.libsyn.com is spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S dot Libsyn, which is L-I-B-S-Y-N dot com. You can email us directly at 2TrueFreaks at gmail.com. And thanks for listening to the 2 True Freaks podcast. 2 True Freaks has been brought to you today by Damanzo Corps of Milan, Italy, and by the letters F and U.